This morning, we get to celebrate an empty tomb. We get to celebrate what Jesus did for us some 2,000 years ago. We're going to be looking here in a couple minutes at Matthew chapter 28. But before we jump into the word this morning, uh, about a month ago, my wife and I, we had the opportunity to go to Phoenix, Arizona, and right outside of her parents' back uh, porch, basically, all day long, you can watch people jump out of airplanes skydiving all day long, just over and over and over, plane after plane after plane. Now, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And when we were going to go there, her parents were like, hey, we want to pay for you to go skydiving. Now, I was like, come on, somebody. Yes, this is awesome. Nothing better than that. I've always wanted to skydive. Uh, my wife, I don't know if she had quite the same level of excitement that I did. Maybe nervous would be a better term for it. But we're like, we're in. I was like, you're doing it. Well, I'm definitely doing it. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm doing it. We're going to have a blast. And so I get strapped up, and I've learned a couple things. Number one, they don't really give you instructions. Why? Because you're going to be attached to a dude, and he's going to take care of all of the, this pulling of shoots. Like, they don't tell you. So I thought, if the guy, like, knocked his head on the way out of the airplane, well, then I'm in trouble, because I literally have no clue how to get it to work. Uh, I also realized that he was the only one with a helmet on. I did not have a helmet so I guess they're like, it doesn't matter what happens to you, but if he, you know, it makes sense. But so we start, we get all locked into our, our, uh, our chutes and our, 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 well, he's got the chute. We've got the harness to, attached to the guy that's with us. Um, and it was, it was fun, except he just puts it on and then says, go stand over there. I'm like, okay. So I went over there. We waited together. And then all of a sudden they come and say, let's go. We're going to get in the plane. And we literally walk to the plane and we get on the plane, and there's some signs and, you know, some things, encouraging things along the way uh, that were real exciting. And so then we get on the plane, and then we're sitting there. And finally, they kind of talk to us a little in the plane, but the plane, just to be sure, it's not like a jetliner pressurized. Literally, there is a garage door, a mini garage door in the back that they push up and down. Like, there's no air compression. So it is, it is all in uh, air. Like, it's fun. In fact, when we took off, the door slammed shut. And you would have thought that the people in there, they were like, oh, I thought the plane was going down. They all went nuts because I guess a time in the past, the door slammed shut and then it got jammed. So then they couldn't jump out and it cost money and all that stuff to have the airplane. So they all went crazy. Then as we're taking off, there's a dude literally trying to get the door open while we're taking off. I'm like, if you fall out right here, this is not good. But finally they got it up and then put it back down and all was good. But we start to go up, and all of a sudden, I realized, I don't know why, I don't know what caused it, but all of a sudden, I could not breathe. It got harder and harder and harder to breathe. By the time we got up to the top, at this point, we had attached ourselves uh, to the, the person that was the tandem with us, and the guy that I had was a tall, strong, big guy. So I realized real fast that what I wanted to do, or it didn't really matter. He's like, okay, we're going to start moving. And then he would just start moving, and I would be like, Whoa, we're off. Like, and I could not breathe. I wasn't going to tell anybody this, because I had a couple of thoughts. If I would pass out, I'm attached to this guy. It's going to be fine, right? I'm going to do this no matter what it takes. Like, we're going to make this happen. But I realized that my lungs were empty, that I did not have any air. Thankfully, I didn't pass out because that would have been a bummer. But there was something that was missing. I don't know if it was because I had COVID before. I don't know what the situation was. But all of a sudden, I could not 
breathe. There was an emptiness in my lungs. And when I think about Matthew 28 and what we're about to read and the excitement of Resurrection Day, but right before that, the ladies, Mary and Mary, that we're going to read about going to the tomb, the emptiness of the disciples who they just thought Jesus was God. <laughs> they just thought Jesus was a deliverer. They just thought, and now he's dead, and they couldn't understand what he had told them. So they're confused. There's an emptiness. I think maybe in our own lives, when so often it's easier to just try to do what we do ourselves, it's easier to, to try to make our life more about us and not so much about God and what his word would say, because we can understand that at least. And how so often there's an emptiness because it doesn't matter how nice my house is, or if I have a boat, or if I have maybe kids. We think if we just have kids, my son's sitting up here, anybody with kids, they don't make your life easier, they make your life harder. But great, it's, it's wonderful, but they don't fulfill this thing because sleep is important to me, and that goes away when you have kids, right? And all of a sudden there's emptiness. Anything we do or get or try, in the end, we realize that's not filling the hole. That's not what I need. And this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, and I believe we can see some important things. The rest of, uh, of this chapter, what God wants for us. But I want us to think about that thought of being empty, and why do we come? Why do we come to Jesus? On an Easter Sunday morning in the church world, uh, we love Easter. Why? Because we're going to have more people, maybe a hundred more people than we had last or two Sundays ago. Last Sunday, Egg Hunt, a lot of you I met out there on the way in. We had a great time last week. But a normal Sunday, we might have a hundred more today or 150 more today. Who knows? We love Easter. We advertise. We spend money. You are radiant lifers. You invite people. You bring people. There's family all over the room. We love Easter. But the question that I have is, do we come to Easter? Do we come to Jesus for a spectacle? Because it's a big deal. Easter's a big deal. Do we come to Jesus for, to see what he might do? Or do we come to him to have life change and a transformation? And as we read the word this morning and then go through it, I pray that God and you would allow God to speak to you right where you are this morning. Whatever you came in the room expecting or whatever you came in the room thinking might happen. Or maybe you're here because you are here every Sunday morning. And that's just what you do. And it's just the norm of your life. I want to encourage you, don't just come and sit in the room this morning. Let God transform you. Maybe you don't normally come to church and you're here because you feel you should. Or maybe even you might be grown up, but your parents would really want you to, so you come. I want to encourage you, don't just come today, but let God transform you, make you new. The resurrection, what he did for you. So as we read, let's let God speak to us. Matthew 28, starting in verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was lightning, like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. 
See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to, the, to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Here I see a couple of groups, two specifically. We saw Mary and Mary, right? They went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, to finish what they, they didn't get to accomplish uh, before they're there to, to see and to, to take care of his body since he's now dead. We see that there's the soldiers, this group of individuals that were very strong and bold and powerful men, or as we read, acted like dead people when the angel showed up. They just were done. That was all they had. Right? We see that there was a different place and different people. We see the disciples that were away that were told, come and get the disciples and bring them. But when I think of Jesus, the question that I have is, do we come for the spectacle? Do we come to see what would happen? Do we come to say, Lord, it's Easter Sunday morning. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a choir. In fact, in a little while, we're going to go back into a time of worship. And I believe you're going to continue to be blessed, that God is going to move. There's going to be special things on an Easter Sunday morning. Do we come because of what he has done or what he might do? Or do we come to have our life transformed? When we think of Jesus, there's plenty of opportunity for a spectacle. He offers over and over again throughout the New Testament miracles and healings, bringing people back to life in just a, a few of them. He raised the widow's son. He fed the 5,000. He cast out demons. He healed lepers. He raised the ruler's daughter from the dead. He healed the paralyzed man. He, he stilled a storm and walked on a storm on the, on the water. He raised Lazarus, his friend. Just a, a few things, right? Those are spectacles. Anybody like that would be pretty cool? I'm believing, I'm praying, Lord, someday, I'm believing I'm going to be in a position where I get to pray for somebody that is dead and they come back to life. And why? Because the Bible says that that's what we're called to do, even greater things, which is crazy. Church, that's who we are. It's not about just seeing and being like, whoa, look at what he did, but it's about what happens in our life. It's about what he does to us as we come to him. Now, something I don't want to skip over here is that it talks about, in, in verse 2, that there was an earthquake. The, the earth shook. And when Jesus died on the cross, the earth shook. The earth could not bear his suffering nor his rising. And when I think of coming to Jesus, when we experience him, there needs to be, and there is a shaking in our life that causes us to make a decision. There's a shaking in our life that causes us to experience a transformation. And the question is, what's that going to look like? I want to think of spectacle. One more thing that I see here is that I find it very interesting that Jesus, the God of the universe, who's about just a, a short time later going to walk through a door, God sends an angel to earth to roll away the stone. I feel quite confident that Jesus could have walked right through that stone. I feel quite confident that Jesus could have just been like, you know, used the force from Star Wars and just moved the stone over. He could have just kicked it out, right? No, he could have done whatever he chose. But God, one more spectacle, has an angel come down, roll away the stone so that the people could experience a transformation. As we continue here, we see those two groups, the guards and the ladies, Mary and Mary. 
they both had their own response. In fact, it was actually very similar, except for the end portion of it. The guards, says for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. When we come to Jesus and when Jesus shows up, we will have and we will respond in some way. There's going to be a move or transformation that happens. The guards, rather than embracing what Jesus was doing, embracing the fact that they just saw the Son of God raised again. They saw an angel roll away a stone. No, they fell down and appeared like dead men. And there's a response that we can have when Jesus comes into our situation. It can be just like that. Maybe we don't actually lay down on the ground. Maybe we don't, you know, fall to the floor. But maybe we turn and we do our own thing and we're like, I saw it. What a crazy moment. If we could have been there to see that take place. And the guards, the transformation of their life was even harder hearts than before. In verse 12 and 13, it goes and, and it says, And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. Now, this is a big deal in their culture. Most likely, these guards, from, from what we would understand, are probably uh, the, the Roman uh, guards, right? The Roman guards, there would be 16 of them in this group. Each one of these guards would have, would have typically had a six-by-six six area that they would have stood in. This guard is not a bunch of people. Maybe you've seen a show or a movie. They're not laying on the rock or like sunbathing. That is not what they're doing. They are standing there. They are at attention. They're in moment. Why? Because if they do not, in their guard, in their, their period of time, if they do not stand there, a few things can happen. Let's say they're leaning against a tree. They will get in big trouble. But the big one, if they would fall asleep in their day, that guard would be beaten, would have terrible things done. It says they might be burnt with their own clothes, like used to burn them, and then they would be killed. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, I don't think that any of that stuff sounds good. But even beyond that, that group of 16, that if someone was on watch and they fell asleep, that whole group would be responsible. And they could all be put to death for one person and one person and they're falling asleep. So when they come together and they bring this plan up and say, well, we were sleeping. They were, that would mean they were all sleeping because they would have been watching each other. They all would have violated the strict law of Roman military. They all uh, would have been slept, slept so deeply that none of them were awakened by the work and exertion and noise necessary to roll away the stone and carry out the body. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe 16 soldiers that are sitting there. Hearts that were hard, that they say we were sleeping, we were as dead men. That would have been impossible but they came up with a plan. And in our own life, sometimes Jesus will speak. Sometimes in my own life, I've been open and Lord, whatever you would have. But there's other times when for whatever reason, we go the other way and we come up with excuses or, or ways to say, well, that didn't happen or I'm not going to go there. Or yeah, it was just an Easter Sunday morning experience. And I want you to know today that the transformation of Jesus is not about a one moment thing or a one day thing. It's about letting Jesus transform your life. And when I think about the Marys, their experience was very similar. 
Think of the guards. They trembled. They died, acted like dead men. And then they lied about what happened in the situation. Well, the Marys trembled. They feared, right? I mean, those are similar, similar experiences. But their response was great joy. Something entirely different took place. Something entirely different happened, even though maybe in general we're not like, oh, I love to be trembling because I'm scared, right? The, the, the uh, angel had to say, it's okay, don't fear. I feel they were worked up just a little bit. So they ran away fearful and with great joy. And when we understand who God is, what he wants to do in our life, all of a sudden we understand, Lord, would you help me to tremble in your presence? Because I... You, we are not God. God is God. The one who created us and made us and died on a cross but rose again. And we can come before him and tremble in his presence. In fact, I think we could use a good, healthy dose of fear of the Lord. And not fear like I'm in a corner hoping that he's not going to give me a whoop. And not, not like that. But Lord, I trust you and rely on you. I give you everything. I, I do what you've called me to do. I come below, below you because you are better and stronger and I don't want to mess up what you're doing. I don't want to get out of your will. Lord, I come before you with a holy, reverent fear. I fear the Lord. That when my, a transformation takes place and I come and say, Lord, whatever you have, whatever you're doing, I am in. I'm here for it. I'm ready to go. Then our life looks entirely different. When we see the place where they laid him, we see that the Father did not forsake Jesus. We see the place where they laid him. We see that death is conquered. When we see the place where they laid him, we see that we have a living friend in Jesus because he is no longer there. The question is, what transformation are you walking in? Has the word of God turned you to Jesus and to joy and to life in him? Or does the word of God push you away and you say, ah, I think I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to act like I'm dead. I'm going to lay, do my own thing. And I believe that today God is calling you. He wants to walk with you. He wants for you to experience him and him be able to guide and lead and direct you. He wants the best for you. You know, when I read this story, sometimes that might be where we would end and say, oh, he's so good. He wants transformation. He wants to move in us. But I think sometimes we miss that the point of coming to Jesus, the point of relationship with Jesus, the point that when we come to know him, we don't just go to heaven, which anybody, I can't wait for heaven someday. No tears, death, sorrow, sin. That's all going to be done. We're not going to hurt each other. We're not going to hurt ourselves. You don't get better than that. Someday it's coming. But you know that right now, today, you have a calling. You have been called by God. If you say yes to him, you're sent with a message. Verse 9 and 10 say, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Once again, he was just dead, no longer dead. They meet him. Come on. They are just a bit excited. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. Now, I love their response. So often when we come to Jesus, we want to be sure to tell Jesus what he's going to do, and Jesus what we will do. And uh, this is the response we need to have. Lord, you transform my life. I am going to, what's it say? Hug, hold his feet. Anybody like feet in the room? Yeah, I didn't think so. 
But when we come to the Lord and we get the posture right, that the transformation of my life is not, God, I'm going to tell you what I need to do, but God, I'm going to come and I'm going to bow down to you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you my life, every part of who I am. I'm going to let the word that we now have, I'm going to let it become real in my life, which means, Lord, can I look more like you tomorrow? the next day, the next day, next year on Easter Sunday, could I come back and be, my life looks entirely transformed because of the power of the gospel. And not because of me, not because of you, but because we got down, we bowed before the Lord, we held his feet and worshiped him. That's why we're going to end here in a few minutes with worship and praise and honor to our king. Because he loves you, he's got you, the best things in store for you but you notice in this portion, it says, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell the world. And then if we jump forward to verse 16 through 20, what we would call the Great Commission, it says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus directed them. Do you notice what they did? They were told to go. They went. That is the basic number one thing that he calls. When I call, go. When I say, go. In fact, today, Lord Jesus, help my life to align with yours. I pray that's your prayer. Whatever you have, God, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm going to go. If it means going to Galilee, here we go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's something about the message that God sends us to do. We are not here on an Easter Sunday morning. I, I know I'm not. I pray you're not. Just to say, woo, I like choir. I like worship. I love worship. I love singing praise to him. I love being a part of the choir when I'm out here. I hope I hear you really loud when we sing here in a little bit, right? Come on, the choir's going to lead us. We're going to have a great time. But that's not why we're here. It's not about religion. It's not about what I want or what song I like or any of that stuff. The Great Commission is go. We're called to go. We're called to make disciples. We're called to baptize. We're called to teach. We're called to realize and let it be known. He is with you. He is with us. When we leave the gospel, at oh, he showed up. He did something cool. There was a miracle. When we leave the gospel, even at, yeah, I had a special transformation moment. But that does not cause us to get up and to go make disciples. Then we miss out on the whole point of what God wants to do. Easter Sunday is not about a celebration. It's about a celebration that causes us to go share the gospel with our world. And maybe there's people in the room that you've been a part of church. You've been a part of, of, of good things. And, and they are good. But you miss the part about your mission, your commission, your calling. And I want you to know that if we just come to church and we do religion and we don't go, then it's going to get old and stagnant and boring. But when we say, Lord, every single day, my commission is to go and tell. My commission is to be the best I can be so people around me see Jesus in me, at my work, in my home, in my parenting, in every part of what I do, then it all looks different. When I think of that transformation, I go back to falling through the air, jumping out of the airplane. I could not breathe. 
I did not feel overly well. In fact, when I go to Cedar Point, I love roller coasters, but you get me on one of those little kitty rides that spins, and uh, my day is ruined because it will take me hours to recover, and uh, I don't like it. So when we were going down, I would do it exactly the same again. I would not ask him not to, but he starts, we're woo, just falling, I don't know, 120 miles per hour, whatever it is, when you're free falling, I have no clue actually. He starts spinning, and we're going, whoo, 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 as like really fast, really, really fast. Now, as we are spinning, all I can think is, I can't breathe, and I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like, both of these things were there so clear. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. All I did know is that his head is directly behind my head. I'm like, this might be really disgusting. I wanted to ask him later, I just didn't ever think about it, but like, has anybody ever thrown up when you did that? Because that would be terrible. But we start to go woo, over and over. We go from 13,000 feet to 5,000 feet. He pulls the parachute, and a couple things happen in that transformation moment. Number one, when you're free falling, and then you've got a huge parachute above you, it's not a light little adjustment of speed. It was like... It felt like hitting the ground, almost. It was like, bam, I got bruises under my legs. I was like, I don't know if that's supposed to happen. I feel like something, I don't think that is, but it did for me. It hurt. And the second thing that I was shocked at, I, this blew me away. We then are now floating nicely, and the dude starts reaching around and like loosening my leg straps, loosening around my, my chest, and all of a sudden... A couple things happened. I was like, I hope he doesn't loosen it too much, right? I mean, and number two, I was like, oh, I can breathe. Air could come in my lungs, number one. We now are not 13,000 feet. We're now 5,000 and 4,000 and 3,000. And number two, it wasn't tight like it was. I could breathe once again. And church, I believe when we understand the transformational power of Jesus, we realize that in our life, sometimes we feel like there's a free fall. Sometimes we don't know what to do or where to go. The only thing that's going to bring the emptiness to a place of being filled is to let Jesus come, your creator, your savior, your Lord, to let him come. The Bible would say to invite him to take your sin, to repent of the past, to let him be the Lord of your life. When you do that, hole is filled. That hole is filled. And all of a sudden, where you felt you couldn't breathe in your finances or with your kids or your job or just life, overwhelming, maybe anxiety, the worry, or maybe everything's great, but still there's a, a gap, there's a hole where you don't understand. God comes and he fills it. There's a spot within us. And I believe today the word would speak that he loves and cares for you. And he wants that shoot to pull where all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is a little more doable. This is a little bit more fun. And then we had the, the shoe, you could pull it back and forth. You could go one way, you could go another. I found it really interesting when you really pulled one side. Guess what happens? Your shoot, instead of being like this, now is like this, which means there's way less air. You go way faster and you can do loops. Once again, I felt like I couldn't breathe and I thought I was going to throw up. But it was well worth it. We could do really fun things in the air. We could have so much fun. And this morning, I believe that there's some people that you are in a moment where you have a gap, a hole in your heart, and you need that empty to turn and have transformation. And I'm calling and I'm believing the word that today, not only transformation and relationship, 
but transformation that you came in empty and you're going to leave as a messenger, one who shares the message of the gospel. It's not about inside some walls of a church, but it's about, Lord, what do we do when we go outside? What do we do in our homes and our work? He loves you. He wants to transform your life today. The, the call is to go, make disciples, baptize, teach, because he's with you. No matter what you feel in this moment, he's with you. He loves you. If you're just hanging on, he's got you. He, he'll take care of you. You can trust him. You can rely on him. Let the word be your guiding light. Don't give up. This morning before we have the choir and the team come back up, I want to give us an opportunity to respond to the word of God. In fact, if we could all over this room, if we could just bow our heads, close our eyes. It's not a religious thing. It's just a, a focused thing. So you can just talk to Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, if you're here and you'd say, I have a hole in my heart. I do not have relationship with Jesus and I want to know him. If you say, that's me, I want to experience the love of Jesus, then this morning he calls you, he welcomes you, he wants what he did on the cross in resurrection and coming back to life. He wants you to experience that in full. He wants to pull that shoot. You're not going to just be free falling through, but no, he's going to pick you up and hold you, take care of you. And if you say this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus, we're going to pray together as a church family. We're going to offer him every part of who we are. And I believe this morning, he will, he will welcome you in. In fact, the word says that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to know him. This morning as a, a family, if you say that's me or, or maybe you're far from him. Maybe you at one time knew, but you're not walking in that way. He has grace and mercy for you. It's not about looking for something. That fear, it's not like, oh man, he might know I did something that wasn't right. That's not the kind of fear I'm talking about fear to honor and respect our king and if today you say i'm far from him he welcomes you in he calls you back so we're going to pray as a family this morning we're going to pray together and offer our lives to jesus and then we're going to celebrate what he did who he is one more time and i want to encourage you don't miss this opportunity to go from empty to messenger don't go for maybe searching this morning. You're here because you want to know more. Don't miss this opportunity to be all in with Jesus. Can we pray together? And if that's you, you want a first time or rededicate. And then all of us, can we mean this with our heart? Jesus is going to welcome us in. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I welcome you to be the Lord of my life. I thank you for dying on a cross, but rising again. And ascending to heaven where you intercede for me this, this morning. Forgive me. I repent of my sin, of the past, of the hurt that I've done to myself or others. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all of me. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for winning my victory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. There's nothing. Let's give a round of applause this morning. Nothing better, nothing better than what God is doing, than who God is. He's so, so good this morning. He's so good.
Church, I want to encourage you. Let's be all that God has called us to be. Let's go all in with the message of the gospel. 